You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al and Powder. All right, everybody, welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast. Episode 231 is always presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Make sure to check out everything going on at StudentUnionSports.com from the podcast to the daily blogs and everything else in between. Make sure to check out the Is It Saturday Yet podcast. They just came out with an episode with an interview of TCU linebacker Johnny Hodges. Great interview, great personality. So make sure to go, make sure to go check out that specific podcast with that specific interview alan hegan here maddie burnett back again this week for powder powder i'm just gonna take a job at this rate pal you could be our third co-host truthfully i really could be at this rate (laughs) the negotiations will take place uh off camera and not recording but anyways it is thursday july 27th maddie b and i spent the whole day together along with a couple of friends at patriots training camp God, I thought I, I thought I, I thought I was gonna be done with you today, and then you're like, "Nope, we gotta do this." And I'm like, "All right." <laughs> What's funny is though, you reminded me. You're like, "We gotta record today, don't we?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, we do." That's a, that's a, that's a good point. But yeah, so Maddie and I were a little tired. We were both up at five o'clock in the morning. Yes, it, we were. It is five forty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, July twenty seventh, as we're recording. So we've been up for a little over twelve hours including driving and eating and yelling at football players and all that other fun stuff. Honestly, yeah, we were kind of tame today. It was tame. It was. It was, like, but, but just the general. Was in, something was in the air there today because there was a lot less chirping from fans. Like, ah, you dropped the pass or anything like that. Like, ah. Yeah. There was a lot less of that this year. There was. It was still a good I think, time. I think it was just because it was like, you know, like 100 degrees. Yeah, that's true. It was in the low to mid 90s toward the end of practice. It was consistently in the low to high 80s with the humidity. But anyways, a lot happened throughout all four Boston sports teams this week. So let's jump into it. We're going to get into a lot of Patriots stuff. The Red Sox made a trade. The Celtics made a big move. That's going to help them for the future. But first, we are going to start with the Bruins. And this is about as significant of an announcement as one can make Patrice Bergeron longtime captain longtime first line center for the Boston Bruins has officially announced his retirement after 19 seasons with the Boston Bruins Maddie is very happy as a Maple Leafs fan that he doesn't have to deal with Patrice anymore but I mean, I but, mean here's the thing but all right Maddie B ha- has shown his respect for I Patrice did. Bergeron and I can respect him for that what were you gonna say I was gonna say like like realistically, like in the Leafs, like Bruins games this year, I, he didn't really do much. Like I'm not trying to be like mean by that, but it's like compared to like you know, like Pasternak, who obviously just had a historic season. This, I mean, the team in general did, but you know, Pasta had his own historic season this year. You know, Marshan was doing his thing all year as well. It's like Bergeron. It's like he was kind of like Chara. He was the old guy that didn't play as much. Understandably so, because when you you're old and you're lacing up the skates. You're only going to play for a certain amount of time each game. Because, you know, you don't want to hurt yourself or anything. Not saying that, like, obviously the younger guys, they go out there intending to hurt themselves while playing. But it's like the older you get in any sport, whether it be football, basketball, ho- uh, hockey, soccer, or anything like that, 
older you get, the more feeble you can be on the on the field, the rink, whatever whatever it is that you play on, the court, right. whatever. So you, know, you don't want to hurt. You don't want to like put yourself where you like really do some damage to your body, which I respect that. But like you said, I showed my respects to him. Is you can't talk about the history of Boston sports of all four teams, with or the major four teams, I should say, without mention. You need to mention him. Absolutely, and no then, doubt. The history of the NHL. I mean, he won the Selkie. I think that's how you pronounce it. Six times, six or seven times. One yeah. time winner. Oh, one time Stanley Cup winner. Uh, future Hall of Famer for the uh for a uh, hockey Hall of Famer. No doubt um, about it. First yeah. ballot. For, yeah, so it's like you literally you can't mention the history of hockey without mentioning him. Like he was one of those players where it's like you you need to spend a good chunk of time talking about him and what he did for the Bruins and you how have... much of an annoyance he was to deal with when he was in his prime. Because my God, but anyways, he he was incredibly good. Even in his last season, he was fine. Seventy eight games this past season. 27 goals, 31 assists for a total of 58 points, a 35 plus minus. Overall in Patrice Bergeron's career, he played in nearly 1,300 games, had 427 goals, 613 assists for 1,040 points. He was a one-time Stanley Cup winner with that 2010-2011 Boston Bruins team. Six-time Selkie Award winner. What? He was incredible on that team. He was. A one-time King Clancy Memorial Trophy winner and a one-time Mark Messier Leadership Award winner. Multiple All-Star games. And look, you can't say enough about Patrice Bergeron. He was a captain in every sense of the word. He led by example. All of his teammates loved him. His coaches loved him. A guy that everybody looked up to. A guy that people wanted to be a leader. And he took on that responsibility on the ice and off the ice. And when you think about it, Maddie, in our prime years, in like the, the mid 2000s to early 2010s who are the four faces of boston sports in all four sports for baseball it was david ortiz for for the red sox it was david david ortiz for the celtics it was probably paul pierce and kevin garnett and those guys for the patriots obviously tom brady and then obviously for the bruins it was patrice bergeron those were the four faces the four guys that you recognized as the guys on those teams yes chara and to daniel chara too but bergeron (laughs) But Bergeron just felt like because he was the captain. I know, I know, Chara was like an assistant captain. I know he was a regular captain too. I get it. Chara but, was the captain until he retired. Yes, and then, that, and then it was Bergeron. Yes, you get. Yes, you get what I'm saying, and I understand. I I understand what you're saying now. So if I said assistant, whatever. Listen, mm-hmm. I got I got like 12 hour like fog brain. I, I'm I'm dead. I know. I, I, I know. I, I know. Al, you, you but, had to deal with you had to deal with our friends all day. Yes, but the point being, Therese Bergeron, just an absolute legend in the Boston community, an absolute legend in hockey history, like you mentioned, and he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And you know what? I think Patrice Bergeron make, made the right decision because the Bruins are not going to be nearly as good as they were last year. Obviously, they had the historic regular season in 2022 and 2023. I think that they'll be lucky to get a playoff spot in the 2023-2024 season, I think Bergeron saw the writing on the wall. He saw the team wasn't going to be nearly as good. I think he realized his body was breaking down when he's playing with broken legs and punctured lungs and all that other stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you know what? Right off into the sunset, he knew that this was his last year to really have a chance to win it. And he realizes what's ahead in the future is going to be a little murky right now for the Boston Bruins. So thanks a lot, Patrice Bergeron, for everything. 19-year veteran, 
only played with the Bruins. You can't say that with many guys in just all the sports nowadays. At least Bruins fans will miss you. I know Matty B won't miss you, but but Bruins. I mean, fans... I'm gonna miss him. I like them, so it's gonna be weird. Not it's gonna be weird when you know when I watch the Leafs and Bruins go at it. Actually, it's gonna be weird not seeing them out there. It will be weird. It's gonna take yeah. Bruins fans some time. But even I mentioned it in several articles that I had written before. The Bruins need to like Bruins fans need to be aware. It's gonna be a gap year. It's gonna be a bridge year. Mm-hmm. That's what this upcoming season is going to be. And yeah. you're pro- you probably saw the last of Patrice Bergeron, and you did see the last of Patrice Bergeron. So that era is over, and now it's time to move on. Like Brad Marchand still the only piece that's really still a part of that era of Bruins hockey because really the new era is Pavel Zaka and Charlie McAvoy and David Posternock and, and those young guys. They're the next generation for this Bruins team. But yeah, so hey, do you think so? Do you think it should be Marshand as the next captain? No, I think it should be McAvoy. Wow. I think all right. I think Mar- I think Marshand gets into too much trouble to be a captain. Like, yes, he's the instigator. Yes, he can get guys fired up. But I think he puts himself in too many bad situations where if that's the guy that's a captain of your team, then you're not really setting the right example for your organization. Keep the A, yeah. keep the assistant captainship, but give mm-hmm. Charlie McAvoy the C. That that's my thing. <laughs> All right, I like that. So, but anyways, thanks a lot, Patrice Bergeron. You were great. You were good. You were magnificent. It was a true pleasure. All right, let's get into a majority of the show. Patriots. And there's one small thing I want to talk about before we get into a lot of the training camp stuff. Supposedly, Dalvin Cook is going to be taking a visit with the New York Jets. I believe it's on Sunday. And that would be, if my math is correct, July 30th. But supposedly the Patriots have interest in him still as well. They want to set up a visit. And I know we talked about this, Maddie, but just to bring it up again. Yes, I mean, (laughs) Dalvin Cook would be fun to have here. Don't get me wrong. But the pessimistic side of me is saying like you didn't want to spend the money for a position you needed in wide receiver for a pro bowl caliber receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. So if you're not going to spend the money on Hopkins, what makes you think that he, that Bill Belichick's going to turn around and be like, yeah, Dalvin, whatever you want. If I'm, the, if I'm the Patriots and I know this is going to sound dumb, but I don't care. If I'm the Patriots. I tell Dalvin cook. Thanks, but we're not interested. We'd like our running back room. Because don't waste everybody's time. Because guess what? You have Ramondre Stevenson in the background. Not background. Backfield. Sorry, I was looking at your background. Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield. You have Kevin Harris in the backfield. Pierre Strong in the backfield. Ty Montgomery is going to be a little bit of that hybrid. A little bit of wide receiver and running back combined. You might bring in another running back. Remember, you brought in Leonard Fournette and Darnell Henderson for free agent workouts. Mm -hmm. You still have J.J. Taylor that could make a a small contribution. You don't Mm -hmm. know. But here's the point. <laughs> JJ Taylor small contribution. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. But anyways. <laughs> anyways. The point being is that would I want Dalvin Cook on the Patriots? Absolutely. Who wouldn't want Dalvin Cook? He's a thousand yard rusher last four seasons. Yeah. I still don't get why the Vikings got rid of him. I, I think I truly think, and I told you this today when I saw you in person, I think the Vikings are going to be in a rebuild next year. I really yeah. do. I think they're yeah. going to tear it down. Yeah, they might give Justin Jefferson the bag, but guess what? Other than that, 
they're going to be like looking for ways to save money. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Kirk Cousins doesn't play for the Vikings in 2024. I was to say, this is this might be his last season with the Vikings. I think it is. Yeah. I think it definitely is. But I mean, I don't know, Maddie. Like, am, am I wrong here? Am I missing something? You tell me. Like, what? Why is Dalvin Cook all of a sudden going to sign with the Patriots? I don't think he will. I honestly think when you when you look at when you look at the rosters between the Patriots and the Jets right now, who has the better roster? There's a clear answer there. We both know it's the Jets. They got a better roster than we do. Yep. Who gives you a better chance to win right now? The Jets, unfortunately. I hate that. that, that I, I want to throw up saying that, but it, it is true. The the Jets, uh, the Jets, they they're going to give someone a young player like Cook a better chance to win right now. Long term, we'll see. Obviously, because obviously, you know, Aaron Rodgers can't be in the can't be in the league for another six, seven years. Maybe he can with because it's Aaron Rodgers. You never know what he does with himself, but maybe, but. Right, if you if Dalvin Cook is in win right now mode, I would be picking the Jets over the Patriots. And yes, that's disgusting to say out loud, but it is true. The Jets are on paper the better team than the Patriots, but at the end of the day, as we all know, the Jets are the Jets, and no matter what, you could put you could put like Tom Brady in his prime in a Jets uniform, and he would still be terrible. For some reason, just something happens when you put on a Jets uniform. Things just go not right. Because, look, they got Lev Bell. Lev Bell stunk. They got Brett Favre. Brett Favre was bad. Aaron Rodgers, you know, we'll see with him. And another thing you got to keep in mind, too, with the Jets, they, you know, they just had Rodgers free up a bunch of money on his uh, his contract and extended yep. him. Uh, another thing, too, is that Brees Hall tore his ACL last year in October Probably he might not even be available week one. I'm seeing right now reports so he might even be ready to go week one. So this it kind of makes too much sense for the for the Jets to uh, sign Dalvin Cook here. The big thing that you said that I was going to say if you hadn't mentioned it was Aaron Rodgers taking a pay cut. So Aaron Rodgers had nearly 110 million dollars guaranteed remaining on his old deal with the Packers before he came over to the Jets. Now he signed a two-year deal, $75 million guaranteed. So that's $35 million you're shedding to potentially make some more moves. So guess what? Dalvin Cook will be a New York Jet. Oh, I, I wouldn't surprise me by this time next week. He's a Jet. The only, the only way I can see Dalvin Cook miraculously signing with the Patriots is if the Patriots get Dalvin Cook in on Saturday before he takes a visit with the Jets. And somehow Do we know it's officially on Sunday is his visit I, with the Jets. I thought it was, I thought I saw something that said Sunday. Cause I'm just seeing the weekend. Yeah. So. Now I'm just seeing this weekend. I thought it was Sunday. I thought Ian Rappaport uh, tweeted it out, but apparently I was wrong, but he's visiting with the Jets this weekend. So if you want to be the aggressor and you want to actually get him here, then get him in early and say, listen, what's it going to take to get this done? Yeah, because again, we talked about the possibility of mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook and Ramondre Stevenson in the same backfield. That's pretty good, and at least exactly. it, it at least it gives you a defensive coordinator something to game plan against. Mm-hmm. But again, I, we're both in agreement. We think he's going to end up a Jet, and yeah. it'll probably be official on Monday. Yeah. Okay. So we're good with that. All right. So let's get into the fun stuff. Let's get into training camp. So. Yeah. 
I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the first two days of training camp. Matty B went to the second day with me on Thursday. I'll be going Sunday. And he will be going Sunday. So he will also be attending a second day. So just some general training camp thoughts. And then we'll kind of get into, into some more specifics. Um, I mean, training camp overall, I mean, right first uh, two days, defense has dominated the first two days. But I think that was expected um, as the offense is learning a new playbook uh, from Bill O'Brien. So there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be uh, no matter what. Uh, I mean, Mac. I didn't see him on day one, but I saw his numbers. Day one numbers look better than today. Uh, day two, I mean, Zappy looked like he did better than he did yesterday, too. I'm going to say it right now before before we get further. There's no quarterback competition. I don't think that. We all know what I think of Mac, but he's a starter. I know. There's no quarterback competition. I don't care what the media says. No. That's big of you to admit. Thank you. Well, it's stupid to think that there is one. Unless something seriously happens this summer where Mac just, for some reason, does not figure it out, but Zappy does, then maybe. Right. That's about it, though. Right. Um, defensively, um, for one I saw, I mean, I have my whole list of takeaways about today right next to me, but um, some of them are specific, some of them are generalized, but. You know, Christian Gonzalez, he looked good he looked good today despite his two welcome to the welcome to the league moments that he had. Um Hendrick Bourne and Tyquan Thornton. Ugh. Yeah, not a lot of and I and I and I, and I want to just expand on that for a second. Not a lot of targets, especially for Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton's only gotten one target in camp so far out of two days, which is not a good sign. Kendrick Bourne has gotten in a little bit on the offense, but honestly, Maddie. It's been a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster. It's mm-hmm. been a lot of Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of... Demario Douglas, he's getting a lot more. He got a lot of reps today with the, with the ones. Demario Douglas, yep, that's another thing. Demario Douglas, the rookie out of Liberty, taking a lot of reps with the ones right now. Um, Let's see, Hunter Henry is getting a majority of the tight end reps with Mac Jones, which kind of makes sense. Mike Jasicki is with the ones, but not getting a lot of targets from what I saw. Some, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And then when you take a look at everything too, the thing that I like the most, and I mentioned this to you via text message and I'll, and I'll say it on the podcast because of all the dysfunction that happened in 2022, it is an absolute breath of fresh air to have Bill O'Brien running the offense and having a functional standard offense. What do you mean mm-hmm. by, by standard offense Al? an offense that knows what they're doing, an offense that knows where they're supposed to be, not mm-hmm. having two guys trying to learn it on the fly. It's Bill O'Brien teaching, 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 teaching guys where they're supposed to be, teaching guys when to cross on slants, teaching guys when to do the go route, the out route, everything else. Well, the and- offense, they looked better than they have, than they did um, you know, first two days last year versus first two days this year. They look a thousand times better. Night and day. It- it's night and day. It's night and day. Like Patricia last year had like a hot dog in his hand, like trying to figure out, oh, who's our quarterback again? Where Bill O'Brien's right in there, uh, you know, telling him Mac, hey, do this, do this, do this. Uh, you know, look at look out for this. It, uh, and and, and Zappy, I, too. I, I did like what I saw from the offense today when they did have their moments. Obviously, they're good moments. Is let's get more of those now. Right. Put it together. Mm. Put it all together. And and they talk about it. Right. The Patriots talk about it, building day by day. So they're building. 
from day one to building to day two, and they're keep on building. I know you kind of rolled your eyes a little bit, but with this offense, that's what we need to kind of be sick accepting of, of as friends. <laughs> what, what's that? Sick of, I'm sick of hearing day by day. <laughs> I know, but we really have to take it that way because this is an we offense do. that's building it from scratch. And this is just a generality, and then we'll get back to the specifics of training camp. Just a general statement about the Patriots. People forget with the anemic offense they had last year, they were one game away from the playoffs. Yeah. And you added, you added legit coaching. You added a couple more upgrades to the offense and your defense is still going to be good. Your special teams looks like it's going to be improved from 2022. Can't get any worse. Yeah. Cause you have Joe judge doing the one thing he's good at. Yeah. Well, one thing he's good at screaming and yelling. God, like literally like when he was screaming, like, what are you screaming for Joe? It's just a kick. Exactly. It's, but I give Joe Judge credit. At least he's in his his comfort place. He knows how to put a good special teams unit together, and I'm good with that. But anyways, just other general kind of observations. Ty Montgomery went down in the second day of practice. A collision at the goal line. Limped off the field a little bit, so people are going to be looking at that. I didn't Matt, even see that. I clearly wasn't paying attention. Clearly not. Uh, Matt Judon was limited in his second day. Of yeah. training camp, we don't know why. Um, Ramondre Stevenson also limited in his second day. Again, don't know why. Uh, Marte Mapu still wearing a red non-contact jersey for an injury. He did stretches and warm-ups, and then he went to the athletic training tent after stretches. Just trying to think, what else generally can we talk about just with training camp? I mean, the thing, again, the thing that stands out is the offense looks so much more crisp and so much more organized dur- during the first two days of 2023 training camp as opposed to 2022. Yeah. And we saw both. We saw it last year in person oh, and we saw it this year. Last year we were like, okay, the, the, let's give this a try. But this year it's like, yep. Okay. They know what they're doing. They're getting on the same page. It's going to take time. That's the thing. The offense is going to take time, but I'll tell you what, they will be more prepared and more organized for week one this year than they were last year. Yeah. I think to, to uh, in a few weeks when we see the Texans and Patriots uh, have their only uh preseason game of Gillette this year, um, you know, uh, we'll learn. I think that's really when we're going to learn a lot too about, okay, where's this team currently at before they hit the road for two weeks where they do joint practices with the Packers and Titans. Um, so I, 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 you know, preseason, it's like you take it with a grain of salt. You don't, you, you, you you don't watch the whole game, obviously. Maybe watch a quarter or like a, a or like a possession or something. You're like, all right, let's go watch something else. But I think this is probably one of the more important preseason uh, games, just because it's like, all right, let's see where the offense is at. Now that we're going to be putting another team on the field, let's see what what's going on. Basically, it wouldn't sure? surprise me that with this offense, if they truly don't start get going with it until October. Right, and like if they stink in September, they're going to be bad, and you know the, the, it wouldn't surprise me. And I said to you too when the schedule came out, wouldn't surprise me if they started the season zero and four, and everyone freaks out. I don't think they're going to go zero and four. I think they'll win at least one game. They'll find a way with the defense. I really do. I don't think they're going to start out defeated in September. I, I think they find I a way. To they, win one game. I don't think they will either. But it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Fair, and, and just a couple other. 
again, we're kind of just rolling through a bunch of training camp things because there's a lot of observations that we had. And Maddie, you can obviously say the other ones that you haven't yet. Yeah. Lawrence Guy ended his holdout. He said that his agents have been in contact with Bill Belichick and the Patriots to try to work out a long-term deal. Great to see Guy on the field, but obviously there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of tension between him and the Patriots front office. So not a surprise. Bill Belichick mentioned Kyle Duggar today, and he basically said a quote along the lines of players like that get paid. So maybe that's hinting at a potential extension for Kyle Duggar, which would be very, very good for Patriots. Duggar got another pick today off of Mac. Yep. Kyle Duggar today got a a pick against Mac Jones in seven on sevens. He's had two of them in two days, one on Wednesday and one on Thursday. Bad ball by Mac. That was a bad ball. He literally threw it right to Duggar. Threw it right across his body. Tried to make something out of nothing. wasn't mm. a good, It wasn't a good decision. I even told you that was. I right away. I said that's not a good throw. I think Bill O'Brien's gonna tell him, "Hey, don't do that again." No. Yeah. Yes. You you know what Bill O'Brien's nickname is, right? You you do know. What? Teapot. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we're gonna see some teapot moments from Bill O'Brien. But guess what? That's what Mac Jones needs. That's what Bailey Zappi needs. Mm-hmm. That's what this offense needs. And guess what? If after six to eight weeks, Mac Jones isn't doing the job, put in Zappy. If he's not doing the job, I give Mac two months. That's eight games. That's plenty of time. And if he is really stinking up the joint and you have to make the quarterback change, then make it. But if he's playing okay, then, you know, you keep rolling with him. Like we all know this is a big year for Mac Jones, a big year for the organization. It's a big year for Mac, a big year for Bill O'Brien. A big year for Bill Belichick, a big year for Robert Kraft. It's a big year for the organization mm-hmm. because they are sick of losing. Even Matthew Slater said it. The standards have been set, and we're not meeting the standards. Yeah, like one personal thing with Mac too, and also I'm going to put Zap. I'm going to say this about Zappy too. You guys are the quarterbacks of the teams. Wave to the fans when you're running onto the field. Just wave at them. Acknowledge that they're there. The three years that Mac's been here, he's never once really acknowledged the fans until maybe a few autographs after practice, which he normally does um, for the groups that are shoved in the corner because uh, they paid for that area over there in the corner. But right. it's like, say hi to the general fans. You know, Brady never did it, obviously, during practice, but every practice before it started, he'd wave to everyone. Just say hi. It's a personal thing with me, but it's like you're the quarterback of the team. You're the star. You're, you know, just, just, do, just do the royal hello and then go do what you're doing. Can I, can I tell you something with that? Yeah. I think Mac is so scared about making a mistake with Belichick that he's kind of wrapped it in his brain. I can't do anything to piss this guy off, even if it means waving at the fans. I'm not excusing it because I agree with you. Just a little wave, nothing crazy. Yeah, just do the royal hello and then go stretch. But I think he is on such a tightrope, especially this year, that he's not taking any chances. Yeah, and I think he knows it too. I think he does too. Now to get so, into the uh, specifics, something that I saw today that you and I kind of were like, all right, who's this guy? Uh, number 87, the tight end, Matt Sokol, had himself a day today. He did. It, seemed, it seemed like any any uh, any kind of athletic play that wasn't to a receiver, it was to him. Made a couple diving catches, t- took a near like shot to, um, to the upper body as he caught a touchdown today too. Yes, he did. He had no, himself a day. He had him. He he had himself a day today. Matt Sokol had a good. 
you know how Mike Reese does at the end of each game, you know, like um, the up arrow and the down arrow yep. for each game. It's like Matt Sokol gets two up arrows today based off of how he did. Matt Sokol competing for the third tight end spot behind Hunter Henry and Mike Jasicki. Sokol will probably be in the run game. He'll probably be a blocker, which is fine. And then you can use Jasicki for those passing match mismatches, which I'm good with. But also in the grand scheme of things, it's only two days of training camp. Yeah, it's day it, it it's day two. You know, like I said, it's day two. There's no need to panic, no need to be worried. It's literally the second day of training camp. Especially this year where there's competent coaches in their roles. Yes, exactly. That's what you need, and that's what you have. You have competent yeah. offensive coaches. The defensive coaches are fine. Special mm-hmm. teams, Joe Judge is doing his thing, so you're good. And there's plenty of training camp left to do, yep. left to get through as well. There is. You, know, you got, obviously, I forget what the first preseason game is. I think it's August early. 10th, I think. Yeah, so you've got till August 10th to figure it out. Um, I'm not worried. I'm not worried either. I, if, if, if it's the end of August and they're still looking bad, okay. I might be like, all right, what's going on here? But right, then, I'm not going to be like freaking out. But if it's then, November and they still look bad, I'm going to be like, what, what, what is this, basically? Right. Then you have legitimate reason to panic. Yes. Real quick, just two ups and two downs from training camp. Just two guys that you've been impressed with and two guys that you want to see more of, I'm going to go thumbs down really quick for one guy, Tyquan Thornton. I want to see more out of him because he's in a big second year. He was brought in to be a speed guy, the potential guy on the outside that can create a separation and win those one-on-one matchups deep. So I want to see more of that as training camp goes along again, only two days, but not a lot of Tyquan Thornton and, and that hasn't been great. So that's one thumbs down for me. Do you have anybody you want to do a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Uh, thumb, um, Thumbs up for me from what I've seen so far, except for, you know, I kind of hinted at it. I mean, Chris and Gonzalez, man. He, oh, yeah. he, oh, man. I mean, obviously, they threw him right into um, into the starting defense. And I think we all saw it coming with the 17th overall pick with taking him. But, man, th- th- he makes it look so easy out there. You can tell he's locked into the field. Uh, he's locked into what's going on. Obviously, he got burned today a little. By uh, by both Juju, who also is going to get a thumbs up from me so far, and um and who was it Parker? Those two uh those two burned him today, but he was locking down Juju as well today pretty well. It seems he, like those two are going to be kind of kind of going at it this uh this training camp. It's going to be mainly those two going at it, which is good. It's good for both of them. Another mm-hmm. thumbs down, and I'm going to make this really quick. Trace McSorley, like why are we even bothering? Like why? <laughs> Why are we? Why are we? Why are we even bothering with having a third quarterback? Oh, that was that was that was bad today. That was get, bad. Get rid of them. Let Zappy and Mac get all the reps. They need all the reps they can get. Don't waste. Don't even waste time. Like, don't even waste time having him in there. Like, if if you want, just have Zappy run with the twos and Mac one with the runs one day, and then just to change it up a little bit, you can have Mac run with the twos and Zappy run with the ones once in a while, just to get some different looks. But I, I don't need Trace McSorley in my life. I don't care if he I has got, his own song. I got a thumbs down right now, too. Go ahead. The entire offensive line. Ugh, yep. Here's the thing. I get it. New offense. I get it. But my God, what happened from last year to this year? They were the anchor of the offense last year. 
And they this were. year, they look horrible through two days. It, I, I don't get what happened. And again, I get it. It's day two of training camp. Maybe I'm being a little harsh here, but it's like Matt Guts would have been sacked at least like 10 times today. Zappy like a hundred times. Like what, what is going on? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that offensive line. I think they need to find their long-term answer at right tackle. But like, is, is not having a Wenu in there like really affecting them that much? I guess so because he's been he's been a rock on that offensive line. Because when you have on Wenu in there, then your offensive line is Brown, Strange, Andrews on Wenu, and then your right tackle. Four yeah, fifths of that offensive line is pretty good. Yeah, but when you don't, then it's just. Ugh. It is what it is. What was that? What was that? I know. And and thumbs- maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, because we're both not going to be there. The offense is going to be perfect tomorrow. I know. And you know what? I'm going to give a thumbs up to this guy, and you're going to be a little bit surprised. But I'm going to give a thumbs up to Bailey Zappi. He's looked pretty good. He's had his check down moments where, and I'm not. That's not a dig. I'm saying when the options aren't there, he throws it to the check down, gets positive yardage, and you know what? He's looked pretty good. You know, and he's given Mac a little bit of a competition in the sense that Mac knows he has to step it up. That's mm-hmm. the thing. There's no quarterback competition in terms of who's starting week one. It's going to be Mac Jones. But mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi's not just laying down being like, you know what? I'm just going to have bad reps and everything else because guess what? He can play a little bit. And, and you know what? I saw some good things out of Zappi on day two. Mm-hmm. I got one more thumbs down. Joe Judge, just for being employed. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more thumbs up. Kyle Duggar, obviously. Two interceptions. Yeah, two two interceptions so far. Be- becoming a, a, an anchor on that defense. But any other training camp thoughts you want to get out there, Maddie? before we kind of move on? Oh, let me see. Is there anything else down that we didn't touch upon? Let's see here. Oh, God. By the way, while you're looking that up, I was just looking on Twitter real quick, and Brees Hall running back for the New York Jets three hours ago just tweeted LOL. So I'm guessing that's in response to the Dalvin Cook uh, potential mm. visit and signing. Mm. Yeah, we uh, we touched upon everything I – took away from today. Uh, I you know, might have to write big boy sentences later on, but yep. Okay. So there you have it. So that's pretty much all training camp the first couple of days. Again, it's only two days, folks. Breathe. Everything's going to be okay. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. <sighs> Anyways, anything else just Patriots related before we move on in general? Oh, no, it's just great to see him. Great, great to see Great to be back at Gillette. Great to be with you and our and our pals today at training camp. Uh, yep. Uh, it was just a good day. Good. It's always good to see. Always good to see the Patriots. It's a great time. Great time to see our New England Patriots. And guess what? I think they're going to be better than people expect. I really do. I hope so, man. I do, too. All right, real quick, we'll get into some Celtics and some Red Sox really quick. But before we do that, we have to shout out, obviously, our gracious sponsor of A&B Kitchen and Bar. Whether you are in Boston, Massachusetts, or you're on the North Shore, Massachusetts, in the Beverly area, make sure to check out A&B Kitchen and Bar. From their from their, <clears throat> from their their crafted beers to everything else that's going on, their eggplant parm, their chicken parm, their pasta, every dish that you can think of, they are delicious. And they give you experience of being at the game when you're not actually at the game with surround sound TV systems, and everything else going on in the, in the restaurants makes you feel like you're actually at the ball game. 
go in on a Sunday, watch a Patriots game. Maybe you'll feel like you're at Gillette. But anyways, make sure to check out A&B Kitchen Bar. Tell them the Legends Boy sent you. Both locations in Boston, Beverly, Mass. Great people, great service, and even better times ahead at A&B Kitchen Bar. All right, just two other tidbits real quick with the Celtics and the Red Sox. Celtics first. Jalen Brown officially has signed his Supermax deal. It is a five-year deal worth $304 million. It is the richest contract in NBA history. There is a trade kicker in after the fifth year or going into the fifth year. And it also means that Jalen Brown cannot be traded until after the 2023-2024 season is complete. So I'm just, I'm going to keep this nice and simple. This was a deal that should have gotten done earlier in the summer. I'm glad it finally did get done. You needed Jalen Brown for what you're doing, excuse me, for what you're doing for this future. I mean, he made the second team all NBA this past year. Obviously he's helped the Celtics advance to five Eastern conference finals and an NBA finals appearance a season ago. It's a good deal. It is a a good good deal. It's a good deal for both sides, but guess what? You know what this means, Maddie? This means that the Celtics have about a two to three year window to realistically win the championship. And I think they can accomplish it, honestly. I do too. Here's my my thing about this deal that, you know, I'm seeing people online being like, oh, they overpaid them. When you think about it, like, yes, that's a big number. It is. That's a big, big number. There's no, the success that Jason Tatum has had. It's not possible without Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is not as good without Jason Tatum either. Yes, Jalen Brown disappeared against Miami uh, in the closing in the closing minutes, um, Game Seven. Doesn't mean he's a bad player. He just chose a bad night to disappear. That's all. You you need you, you need Jalen Brown in order to succeed. They had lost Jalen Brown. And it was just Jason Tatum and. Um, I'm drawing a blank. You know, Robert Williams and everyone else on that team. Sure, they're still a serviceable team, but they're not as good without Jalen Brown. They're not as good as without Jalen Brown. No. Like, the thing is, too, you got to remember, Jalen Brown was the number three overall pick back in 20-whatever. I forget, 2017, 2016? I think it was 2017. No, because because Tatum was 2017. Okay, 2016 then. You don't waste a number three overall pick on a guy that's not going to be here for more than how many years he's been here so far. You want to keep him here long term. And the fact that he signed that deal tells me he wants to be here. He's not just signing that deal because, oh, I can be the richest player in NBA history. He wants to be here, and he believes in this team. And also, if you had lost Jalen Brown, you really think Jason Tatum wants to stick around? No. So this was a, you had to do you had to do what it t- what it takes to get him signed and you know got got to hand it to Brad Brad's been doing great Brad's been doing great since he took over in the front office. Brad has Brad understands the assignment and I, I know it's a cliche but he understands that this team's window to win mm-hmm. is right now. It's yep, not in, it. it's not in five years. It wasn't three years ago. It's now. It's right now. So we now, Danny, if we had Danny Ainge in that front office still, no no way. Jalen Brown's getting that deal. No way. I don't think so. He's well, getting traded. He's getting traded. Potentially. Yeah, I think he was. I think he would get traded. But regardless, the deal makes sense. But now you got this year. And I think this year, 
You have to, I think you have to win it this year. How about that? Because guess what? If you win, Porzingis is going to go because they're not going to want to commit to him for the next two years at 33 million or whatever he got in his contract extension. Basically the big three of Tatum Brown and Porzingis makes up close to 80% of your salary cap. Mm. So you have to, you're going to have to do something and you're not going to get rid of Jalen Brown because you just signed him. And Jason Tatum, you're going to give the bag to to keep here for the rest of his career. Say, that's the that's the next mountain they're going to have to climb now. How much you got to give him? I know, but they'll they'll figure it out. It's not our money. We don't need to worry about it. They got to worry about keeping him. They have to worry about keeping Derek White potentially, which it wouldn't surprise me if they let him go after 2024. Would not surprise mm-hmm. me. And they got to figure out how to keep Rob Williams. I think they're going to try to keep Rob long term. Yeah. That I think that's going to be the future. When he's healthy, he's a top ten center in the league. He's a game changer. That's exactly yeah, what he is. Absolutely, he's a game changer. And Jalen Brown's such a good dude. The first thing he said is he wants to bring what was it a, a Black Wall Street to to yeah. Boston? Yeah, I think it was right. And he wants that. Like he did his press conference at um like his Juice program or whatever. Yeah, helping he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Of high school. He's he's great in the community. He wants to be here, like he said, and like you said. I lo- I really like Jalen Brown. I hope he works on his left hand to dribble a little bit this off season. But I still like the guy because guess what? He is your your legitimate number two option to score. And he can be a number one on some nights when Jason Tatum doesn't have it going. So the fact that you locked him in, big win for the Celtics. Yeah. And this year, yeah, Miami, I, I know they made it to the finals, but I, I think they're eventually going to take a step back unless they get Damian Lillard. 76ers of the 76ers. The Bucks, you you proven you can beat, and I think they got worse. So who do you and Toronto's not a factor anymore? I'm trying to think who else. Atlanta maybe is up and coming a little bit. Are there any other teams you really have to worry about? No, but I got breaking news. What sport? Football. We AFC got... East. AFC East specifically. Miami. Oh, I just saw it. Did we read it on air? Let's. Do, I'll read it. All right, break the news, Matty. Dolphins six-time Pro Bowl cornerback Jalen Ramsey will undergo knee surgery and is expected to miss the start of the regular season with the injury that he suffered during today's practice. Per league sources, Ramsey's ACL is intact, though, which is positive. So no Jalen Ramsey week two. No Jalen Ramsey week two. That, that All right. We're, we're, we're slinging it week two then. I don't know anyone else in that secondary, but we're – Howard. Mac Jones Howard. is going to sling, sling it week two and then pray to God he like throws it to a Patriot player, not a Miami Dolphin. Xavier Howard? Yeah. So That's he's about still, it. Yeah. So you could you could expose a matchup there. All right. So that, that is big news. That is big. That's big. Yeah. That's big. All right. But Jalen Brown, back to it real quick. Mm-hmm. Happy to have him here. And I really, really believe – that he's going to be here for the long term. Yeah. As long so. as you keep winning. Yep. And I do too. Simple as that. All right. Let's get into the Red Sox really fast and then we'll we'll get out of here for the week. All right. Red Sox trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday, actually. So again, it is Thursday, July 27th. The trade deadline is in five days on Tuesday, August 1st. I can't believe it's almost August. We need to have to go back to school soon. Uh, anyways. Oh. Anyways. 
The Red Sox have made a move. They officially have sent Kike Hernandez back to the Los Angeles Dodgers in exchange for two minor league pitchers, minor league pitcher Nick Robertson and minor league pitcher Justin Hagenman, uh, both right-handed relievers who have pitched mostly in the minor leagues and will report to Triple A Worcester. Robertson has seen about 10 and a third innings on the mound in relief for the Dodgers with not a great ERA. And the Red Sox also will have to eat about $2.2 million mm-hmm. of the rest of Kike Hernandez's contract this year. So overall, the fact that you got two relievers that could help you in the next couple of years, for Kike Hernandez, who's statistically one of the worst players in baseball, I consider that a win. Yeah, I mean, I consider this is like, a, if I were to give this trade a, C, uh, a grade, I'd give it a C. It's like you got you got rid of some dead weight this year. You're taking on two guys that might be able to help you in the long run. And for the Dodgers, you're getting to see because well, Kike Hernandez is returning to a to an organization that he's familiar with. It's like overall, this is it's a fair trade on both sides. It is. It is a fair trade. The Dodgers have been making moves. They got uh, Ahmed Rosario, the the shortstop yeah. for the Cleveland Guardians. They're making moves. The Angels are making moves. They got Lucas Giolito from the Chicago White Sox. There's going to be more moves to come. I don't Apparently, think the Sox are done. I think they got one move in them, too. One more move in them. They're in talks with the St. Louis Cardinals right now for shortstop Paul DeJong, who is a left-handed hitting middle infielder, which is exactly yeah. one thing they needed, was a left-handed left-handed middle infielder. Yeah. So you take that. I think a starting They're, they're going to be buyers because, well, they're in a great position right now to make a run towards uh, towards the wild card because you know, I don't think they're going to catch the Rays or the Orioles at this rate. They're competing for the wild card, so. Which is fine. I mean, compete for the wild card. And guess what? You're eight games above 500. You're 7-4 out of the All-Star break. You just had a mini sweep against the best team in baseball in the Atlanta Braves. So why not go for it this year and try to buy in and try to get that playoff spot? And guess what? You don't have to break the bank. Go get a guy like Jordan Montgomery or bring back Eduardo Rodriguez or bring in a a Joe Ryan or Michael Lorenzen or something like that. Just get a back end of the rotation starter Mm -hmm. so you can have four starting pitchers Right now, as opposed to three and two openers, you can at least can have four, and then you can have Nick Pavetta be your, quote, fifth starter. And I'm putting that in air quotes because he comes in the second inning and just eats up a bulk of innings, So, yeah. which I'm fine with. So, again, go get what you need to get. Go get that bat in the middle infield that's a lefty bat, and go get that back into the rotation starter. Because yeah. I know it sounds cliche, Maddie, but guess what? John Schreiber's back in the bullpen. So that's a big boost to, to the bullpen. Trevor Story's going to be back very soon. Chris Sale looks like he could be starting a rehab assignment. Tanner Houck's going to be coming back soon. Garrett Whitlock will be coming back soon. You have reinforcements on the way, but that still doesn't mean don't do anything. Exactly. Go get help at the deadline and, and then I add think, those pieces. I think Bloom realizes, oh, I can actually buy this year, so he's going to go do something. Right. He get, And that's the thing. I think someone even interviewed him and and I saw or I saw a quote today on Twitter from someone in the Red Sox organization that basically I'm paraphrasing here but it said they kind of knew that they were in like a, this buy and sell kind of mode last year with more toward the selling. Mm. But this year it's like okay, you can you can actually buy and actually do what you need to do. Yeah. To get yourself in the playoff spot because right now you have three games with the Giants, and then you have a series in Seattle against the Mariners. Mm-hmm. And if you can win two out of three against the Giants and you can take care of business against Seattle and you add some reinforcements, then you got August and September to really make a run at this thing. Yeah. 
And Kike Hernandez, just to kind of wrap up that topic, like he had the 2021 postseason run. It was great. 2022. Say, he came here, won a ring. Did, did we need him to do? And goodbye. He, he didn't win a ring, but they, he he almost got them to. Sorry, almost, almost got, got a ring. Sorry, no, that's okay. That's okay. But got him to the ALCS game six. Probably should have went to the World Series that year. Thanks, Laz Diaz. But anyways. Yeah. Kike Hernandez. In my head, I thought they won a ring because they would have won a ring that year. But, exactly. Yeah. But Kike Hernandez, thanks for everything in your two plus years in Boston. Go back to LA, enjoy the sunshine, and you know, cool. But other than that, I think that's basically it for this week. That's it. Yeah. Anything else, Patty, you want to bring up? I'm good. All right. As always, rate and subscribe to the Legends Lingo podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcast. Make sure to check out Matty B's podcast, the Bernie and Chris podcast. Yeah, we're, the- starting, we're starting up in August once again. Summer breaks over. Summer breaks over and uh, some potential rebranding for them on the way? Question mark? Maybe. I don't know. We're working on something, yeah. Eh, working on a little something in the lab over there. Uh, intern yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Intern Bucky is going to be uh, doing some stuff. He's no longer Intern Bucky. He's just Bucky now. We, oh. we, uh, we hired him full time. So Hired Bucky full time. So Bucky's going to be helping him. I'm still calling him Intern Bucky. I don't even care. Oh, we're still going to do that anyways, but yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Make sure to follow Student Union Sports at Student Union Sports on all platforms, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else where you can access them. Make sure to follow Matty B at Matthew underscore Jordan with three T's in the name. If nothing else, that is Matty Burnett. I am your host, Alan Hegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. It's episode 231. We'll see you next week for episode 232. Yes, sir.